This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. It's What's happening, everybody? What's going on? Yes, I am back. Um, missed a, about two weeks, as I let you know. I was on vacation and um, back here on the podcast now, episode 392 of BD4, where there's no better way. To get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, we also do MMA now too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on weekends. We're back. Thank you for uh, hanging in there and thank you for coming back. Um, However many of you are here. And if you are new here and you just stumbled upon this, well, thank you first off and um, Hello. I'm your host, RJ, and you are listening to episode 392 of BD4. Welcome to the podcast. So, while I was away, the Yankees continue to um, really do more of the same um, as they have or had now in July. As I'm recording, it's the night of July 31st. It's actually past midnight, so it's technically August 1st, now Monday, which is the day you will be listening to this show. Yeah, it's, um, I was hoping the Yankees would have found some rhythm, and you know, maybe they have. Maybe that three out of four against the Kansas City Royals that they just took was the jump starter, and you know, Hopefully, acquiring Benintendi can give them that boost. And they are now 3-1 in the Benintendi era, for those of you wondering. Um, Not that I'm keeping a counter. Um, I'm going to give you my thoughts on that. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the series. and and, uh, Not the series. We're not going to talk about the series. We're just going to skip that. And um, we'll talk about... We'll get back on schedule as soon, you know, after the... um, the upcoming series against the Mariners. We'll get right back onto our usual series by series schedule. But in this episode, we're going to do a progress report because we are four months into the season. So this is the Yanks four month progress reports episode 392. So let's get into it. And before we do just really quickly, guys, um, you know, the usual, if you have not subscribed yet to the show, Download these episodes, subscribe to the show, share the podcast. You know the many platforms you can listen to us on. Apple Podcasts being one of the main platforms. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on there. We are currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. You can listen to us on many other listening platforms. You can also watch the podcast. The video format is available on Spotify and YouTube. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook at r.j.carbone. Just type that in to the search bar, r.j.carbone. And I'm on Instagram at the handle at robjcarbone, at robjcarbone on Instagram. So, um, I also have a blog. I started the new blog. I do not write for Ultimate Sports Networks anymore. That site just stopped working and now I don't even get 
I get some fake site. It's weird. It used to just not work. Now I type that site in, and it just brings me to some like not operating fakes. I don't know how to explain it, but it's gone. So we started up our own website. We're going to start writing up Yankees and Knicks games and writing about MMA on there. We already have three articles out. All right. So if you go to bd4blog.com, simple, it's free. No subscribing, nothing like that. Just go to bd4blog.com and you'll find the BD4 blog. Everything you get in this podcast is on that website, just in print or, you know, in, in words. Sorry, if you don't feel like listening to my annoying voice. So I had a good vacation, um, but it's good to be back home and, uh, we're going to talk about the Yankees. We're going to give their progress reports out right now. And then when we're done with that, we'll talk about some things that have been going on. Trade deadline, all that fun stuff a little bit. We'll touch on that. And then hopefully sometime early this week, we'll have a guest on the show. And we'll get that episode out. So I plan to. So we'll see. Hopefully before the trade deadline. or Maybe after. We'll see. Alright, so let's get to our first break. We'll get back and we'll get right into the episode. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You're listening to episode 392 of BD4. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey, fellas. I've noticed that only a small percentage of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and want to be alerted every time a new episode drops, consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the podcast grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 392 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. So, let's get into it. Let's go around the diamond and grade each Yankee. And uh, for those of you who are new here, what we do is... Well, we go around the diamond and grade each Yankee. But once we get to the starting pitching and the relief pitching, we just grade those two units as a whole. All right. But the position players, we will grade. And the way the grading system goes um, is the way it usually goes for us. It's, it's the same as always. And that is each player is graded on their own scale. Everybody's graded by their own expectation. So if player one has a better grade than player two, that does not exactly mean player one has had the better year than player two. It could just mean player one has been performing to his standards and player two has not. All right. That said, let's get to it and we will start at first base. With Anthony Rizzo, and I gave Anthony Rizzo a B. Because I think he's been solid. I I think Rizzo has had a fine season. Um, You know, obviously the batting average at .228 is nothing that stands out, um, at least in a positive manner. You know, he's very, very inconsistent, um, and it can be frustrating. You know, he doesn't get hits a lot. Um, But it feels like when he does get hits, it's meaningful hits, it's clutch hits, it's not like it's garbage time, you know, hits. he's had a lot of clutch RBIs for this team, um, he provides a solid eye, always putting up pro at-bats, as cliche as that may sound, um, but yeah, I mean, besides the batting average with Anthony Rizzo, literally everything else has been solid, um, he's got 25 home runs already, which is just seven shy of his career high, and we've still got two months to play, 62 RBIs, 852 OPS, 67 strikeouts in 95 games. So contact hitter with power, left side of the plate, playing well, playing well. And of course, he's got a very great glove. All right, so the only thing I can really nitpick at with Rizzo is that he needs to be a little more steady, you know. And the shift, of course, does not help. He's a dead pull hitter. He hits into the shift a lot, um, but. 
I, I kept my expectations fairly low um, on Rizzo entering the season, so I, I would say I'm I'm pretty satisfied with what I'm getting. I, I just wish the average was at least like 240. But um, everything else has been good. So I gave Anthony Rizzo a B. He's providing good offense, good defense, and um, yeah, no, Tony Meatball. Let's go to Glaber Torres at second base, who I also gave a B. Uh, Glaber's having a good year. He's having a good year, but he, he too, is just very inconsistent. You know, the power is back with Torres. Um, he's got 20 doubles on the year. He's got a triple in there, and he's got the 16 home runs. So the power is back, which was the big thing that was lacking over the last two seasons, he just lost that power. People were worrying if he'd ever get it back. Um, that's back. And um, the batting average is decent. Right now it's sitting at 261. He's been around the 260s. He's touched the 270s a few times this year. But yeah, 261 average, 16 homers. He's making contact. Um, he has a clutch bat. When he's locked in, he's using all fields. He's bringing that clean approach to the plate and going the other way. Level swing. The difference in his swing, man, the swing path and just the mechanics staying still versus moving all over the place when he's focused versus when he's not. There's such a difference. You can tell when he's locked in and you could tell when he's not because he's so streaky. You just wish he kept that focus the entire time because he'd be... uh, a star player. He'd be a superstar player. Right now, he's borderline all-star player. Right? He, you could have made a case he shouldn't be the team. But if he kept that focus more often and, and was just, you know, didn't fall into those pull-happy traps, and I think part of that is on the Yankees for putting him at cleanup so goddamn often, I think he could be so much better. But I think this is just him. He's a fine player. He's having a nice bounce back. I, I think he's maybe at times overhyped by Yankees fans just because... You know, last year was so miserable for him that you're comparing this season to last season. Um, but you can't get mad. You can't get mad at, at, at the way he's playing. So I think he's had a, a fine year. And Glaber Torres um, gets a beat. And he's also playing adequate defense at second base. Slid back over to second this year. That's been much better than the shortstop experiment, which failed miserably. Um, the arm plays up at second base, obviously. But he's made some nice, slick plays with the glove, too. So, um yeah, not the fastest guy out there with the most range, but he, he holds his own in second, and he's been hitting the ball decently. 790 OPS, 16 homers, 46 RBIs, um, 5 stolen bases, 71 strikeouts in 91 games. Claybert Torres has been good. He gets a B. Let's go to DJ LeMayu. Excuse me. DJ LeMayu. Um, B plus for DJ I am back in on DJ. I was a little iffy for a while. You know, he had some, you know, he had like an early to, you know, early season slump in like, I don't know, May-ish. But um, the last like month plus, month and a half maybe even, DJ LeMayhew has been back. Um, listen, he's never going to hit like Ty Cobb again for a full season. Right, what he did when he first came over here in 2019, and then in the COVID season in 2020, was beyond sensational. Right, it's hard to do that every year. Right, so so I am perfectly fine with what we're getting here. He's starting to hit the ball again. He's crushing fastballs again. The line drives the other way. The blue pits the other way are there, and I'm fine. With Gleyber Torres batting 285 with a damn near 390 on base. He's walking a lot this year. A lot more than he usually walks. I was reading his baseball reference stats yesterday. And I'm pretty sure. I gotta go back and check. But I'm pretty sure the 55 walks that I saw were in bold. Which means he leads the American League. Or maybe baseball. But he's walking a lot. And, of course, when you combine that with his ability to consistently make contact, that's awesome. He has more strikeouts or more walks than strikeouts. That is rare 
for players to do today. So that's that's a huge skill right there. And then, you, of course, you know, throw the hitting out. It's the defense that really, really makes him valuable. You know, I mean, he's, he's his ability to play first base, second base, third base, and do that all at an above-average clip and do it on a game-to-game basis, switch positions, sometimes inning-to-inning. He'll be playing a different position late in the game than he was earlier in the game. I mean, it's it's... It provides so much flexibility for Aaron Boone to mix and match in the lineups and be able to pinch hit late in games and double switch. And DJ LeMayhew being that super utility starter, excellent. And and again, he's starting to hit the ball again. So I gave him a B plus, man. I gave him a B plus. I can't, I cannot be too upset with anything that DJ has has done this season. Um, yeah, he's not going to be what he once was, but he's still a very solid, very high quality player. Um, he's a baseball player. Let's slide over to shortstop. The left side of the infield, we'll go to IKF. Um, I guess he's a controversial Yankee. I feel like if you're on Yankees social media, you either like him or you hate him. <laughs> There's kind of no in-between. I'm kind of in-between, but I'm, I've always... No, I, I, would, I would consider myself an IKF guy. Um, I give him a B-, minus. you know. I call him Walmart DJ for a reason. Not as a diss, but like he's DJ LeMayu to a lesser degree. Way lesser, but you know, he hits singles and he's a contact guy. He's a clutch hitter. He bats 329 with runners in scoring position. He's been batting around 270 all season long. Behind Aaron Judge, like in a late game, one run needed to tie it, man on second base, I might take IKF. Behind Aaron Judge. Somebody's going to clip that and only include the latter part of that. <laughs> no, I mean, he's batting almost 270. Um, 46 strikeouts in 93 games is remarkable. So he's got an incredible ability to put the ball in play and make the defense, force the defense to make a play, right? And we see with teams like the Royals, teams like the Red Sox, making contact and forcing the defense to make plays is huge because those teams suck defensively. Um, but so does IKF. If IKF needs to work on one thing, it's it's fuck the power. We don't need that. I love the fact that he hits singles. We need more like that. But it's, it's the defense. He needs to pick up his defense. And I wouldn't even call his defense average. I would call it a tick below average. Um Somewhere better than Torres, but definitely not average. He's just like failing to make routine plays at a position as important as shortstop. He's a little bit worrisome for me come October. You know, you're you're gonna need your shortstop to be able to play at least adequate defense. And Isaiah Connor Falefa, boy, I, I I hold my breath sometimes when he gets a ground ball. One bad hop, and he, he has no clue how to play it. Um, it's a shame, because he's a good hitter. I said it. He's a good contact hitter. He hits consistently. You know, one or two hits a game. And it usually comes in a big spot. But the defense, you know, if he just played, if he played below average defense at literally any other position, I wouldn't hate it as much, but it's shortstop. That's why my idea is is to to tell Josh Donaldson to go take a hike, slide IKF over to third, call up Peraza, and you're good. <laughs> How nice would that be? Uh, but IKF has been good. He, he a B minus. You know the defense took it down. The no power is going to take it down. But he's been a good contact hitter. If you could say anything about him, it, it's definitely that he makes. Um, you know he puts the bat on the ball. So IKF gets a B minus. Yeah, speaking of Josh Donaldson, um, he gets a D. Uh, good old Wash Donaldson. I call him Wash Donaldson. <laughs> but honestly, man, I mean, he he just bores the shit out of me. He does nothing. He's useless. Useless. He's batting two seventeen on the year. He has just nine home runs, a six sixty nine OPS. I mean, every time Donaldson takes the plate, man. I look down for a second, I look back up, and he's behind in the count 0-2. You 
And if he's not striking out, he's hitting a, a chopper, a dribbler, or popping it up. I, I wasn't asking for a ton from him, man. I wasn't expecting a lot. Entering the year, I was saying if Donaldson can hit you 250, 20 to 25 homers, flirt with an 800 OPS, I would take that and run with it. But he's not close to those numbers. He's lucky Gallo was on the team for now. Because <laughs> if Gallo wasn't on the team, Donaldson would get will be getting 10 times the hate that he's getting right now. And, you know, Gallo is another level of suck. I get that. But at least Gallo's making pennies compared to Donaldson. Donaldson's making $25 million, I believe, this season. Still got another year left. He should be buying Gallo a steak dinner every night for taking some of that spotlight. But Donaldson's been bad. Occasionally he'll have... An RB high? <laughs> I don't know, man. He's not been good. He's playing good, very good third base. I give him that. I, I love what he's done defensively, but $25 million for, for defense, no, that gets you a D. Um, Where else are we going to go here? Did we do the infield? We did the infield. Let's go to the catchers now before we go to the outfield, though, because I did forget the catchers. Uh, we'll, we'll do the starting catcher. We'll do the bench later. Uh, Jose Trevino. Dude. Love Jose Trevino. I gave Jose a B plus. He's batting 255 with a 705 OPS. Across 73 games played. Listen, between handling the pitching staff all season long, playing an outstanding catcher, you know, between the framing and the blocking and hitting, as well as he has been hitting for a journeyman catcher, not known for his bat. He's been fabulous. He's been fabulous. He's already had a couple of magical moments, big hits for this team. Was an all-star for the first time in his career. Nobody expected Jose Trevino, Nestor Cortez, Clay Holmes to all be all-stars this season. Don't tell me you expected that. If I told you that in March, you'd be laughing your ass off. But he's also got sneaky pop, you know? And when you combine that, you know, sneaky pop with his ability to make contact, he, he's the anti-Gary, <laughs> you know? He's got a 408 slugging, similar to the slugging that Gary would put up, but he only has 36 strikeouts in 73 games this year. That is amazing. Contact. A lot more of that in the Yankee lineup this year. So when you consider all that, you know, he's been very good. A B plus to his expectation. I gave him a B plus. The only negative is that he doesn't have the arm that Gary Sanchez had. Um, and maybe the bat has cooled off since the earlier months of the year. But none of that's very noticeable because he's still playing and contributing winning baseball. So Jose Trevino gets a B plus. Um and let's go to the outfield. Let's start in, in center field. Let's go to Aaron Judge because he has had a phenomenal season. He gets the A+. Aaron Judge on the year is batting two ninety seven with a ten fifty four OPS. 16 doubles, 42 home runs. Aaron Judge has 42 home runs in 100 games. That is stupid. Stupid. And he's hitting them deep. Easy, too. It's an easy 450. So he's staying healthy. He's playing a phenomenal center field. He's playing just as good, if not better, in right field occasionally when he needs to. He's stealing bases. He's got 10. And he's been tearing the cover off of the baseball every day. As he continues to chase Roger Maris' 63. He's on pace for 67, guys. He's pushing 70 pace. That's Bonds territory. I mean, at what point does he slow down? I mean, he's... he's... I don't know, man. He's insane. And he's batting, like I said, he's batting 297. 
So he's not just some slugger who walks, hits homers, and strikes out. Right? Your three true outcome bullshit. He's not that. He's a complete hitter. He uses all fields, and he hits it very far. So he's been so good. And he's been so good that Hal Steinbrenner is probably pissed off right now. Clutching his wallet as he sits on his yacht. Judge gets an A+, because he's been near perfect. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton has not been near perfect. He gets a C+. Uh, he was having a terrific season before he got injured the first time. <laughs> um, you know, he was right up, right on par with Aaron Judge in the power department. And he was actually hitting for average at a time. But ever since he got back from that first injury, it wasn't the same. He started swinging at garbage again. But when he's hot, he's the hottest hitter on the team. He could be hotter than anybody, even Judge, when he's hot. He's just not on as often as you'd like. You know, and he also can't run anymore. Can't run down the first. I, when you see him play right field, especially in bigger ballparks, it's a nightmare. So he's probably best off as a one-dimensional DH at this point in his career. Uh, I know the Yankees say they still want to try and play him in right field, left field when he gets back, but I would, I would just stick to DH at this point. The power is still there. That's not a question. In 80 games this year, he has 24 home runs and 61 ribbies. That's elite. But it just feels like whenever he's not hitting those 450-plus home runs, he's striking out, hence the 228 average. Stanton, in the past, with the Yankees when he's healthy, actually hits for a decent average. He can hit you in the 260s, touch 270. This year, he's, he's literally been boom or bust, and that's got to change. Uh, but hopefully he gets healthy. That's the first thing. And um, gets back, he and he starts raking. We'll see. But Stanton gets a C plus. Aaron Hicks, I gave a C minus. Um, I guess he's been better for a few months. I still don't love him. I don't like his style. Not only is he pretty lazy out there in center field, left field, but his bat just doesn't do it for me either. He's a sub-250 hitter. I think he's batting around 238. Let me go check. Yeah, 233. 692 OPS. Six home runs. Five doubles, two triples. I mean, doesn't hit extra bases. Uh, nine stolen bases. 90 games. He's staying healthy and he's he's got speed on the pass. Um, but minimal power. Inconsistent hitting, swinging through changeups every time he's up, still not very clutch. Opening up his entire front side sometimes when he swings. It's just the fact that, yeah, he's got some speed. He's a switch hitter, decent eye. He walks a lot, 356 on base clip. Um, you know, makes average contact, 69 strikeouts, 89 games. I don't know. Just his style of hitting is never exciting. He goes up there and he tries to walk. He hunts for walks. The other day, during this KC series, Hicks had the bases loaded, and you know it was late in the game. Chance for a big hit. Bases are loaded, and he's trying to sell to the umpire that he got hit by a pitch when he clearly did not. That's that's the mentality. That's the beta mentality that Hicks has. I get it. Get him any way you can, but like. I don't love those. Like, that's Hicks in a nutshell. Juan Soto, please. Um, so Aaron Hicks gets a C-. minus. Um, Joey Gallo, do we even need to run through Joey Gallo? Do we even need to? He's batting 159. He has an OPS of 621. He's got 12 home runs, 24 ribbies, and 106 strikeouts in 81 games this year. Um, he's okay in the outfield, but <laughs> you throw him a fastball upstairs, he's not hitting that. I honestly feel bad, man. I mean, he's gotten tortured by the, the, the Bronx crowd. Um, but you just look at him now, he looks so sad out there. You see him in the dugout, he looks so sad. He's the last one off the bench after a walk-off. It's like, he's defeated. The interview with... with Adler the other day was so sad, basically just saying goodbye to the Yankees, um, speaking in past tense. He knows he's done. 
He's probably not going to get another at-bat for the Yankees. I was actually shocked to see him play the outfield late the other day. He's done. And he, he was a complete failure. Joey Gallo, unfortunately, gets an F. I, I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. I really do. Excellent guy. Very nice guy. He just, as a baseball player in New York, it did not work. And uh, I, I don't I don't think he's a major league player anymore. I, I think the league figured him out, and I think... I, I don't think he's he's uh, I don't think he's uh, a major league baseball player. I think wherever he ends up, he's gonna have to bite the bullet and, and play in Double A. I don't see him succeeding at any major league level. Small market, big market, don't matter. I just he's not a good professional hitter. But I wish him the best of luck. <laughs> As I shit on him, um, I didn't mean to. F. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Marvin Gonzalez. Um, a C plus. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's there. I think he's been okay. I mean, he's a decent switch hitting bat who's had his stretches of, of playing well, hitting well, plays versatile defense, um, plays it well. I don't know. I don't think I can go higher than C plus. He doesn't play a ton. He's a former Astro. Never been a fan of him, but he's he's okay. He's whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's Marwin Gonzalez. And Kyle Higashioka. Batting 188. He gets a D. I don't think he's good. I think he's pretty bad. He literally doesn't hit the ball. He plays okay catcher. Uh, but I prefer to not have him as the backup. I think the Yankees can do much better somewhere else. Find somebody else to back up catcher. Don't think Higgy's a good player. Um... Yeah, 188 average, 560 OPS, 5 home runs, 4 doubles, and 54 games. Not great. You know who is great? And he will be our final position player to great is Matt Carpenter. How do you not give Matt Carpenter an A+. Listen to these numbers. 321 batting average, 1238 OPS, 8 doubles, 15 home runs, and 41 games. 36 RBIs in those games. 16 walks, 32 strikeouts, 27 runs, and 88 total bases. He is unbelievable. 88 total bases in 41 games is hilarious. That means he's averaging a double per game. More. That's hilarious. He's been a godsend. Seriously, where the hell would the Yankees be had Carpenter not been picked up late in May? So credit to Brian Cashman, because I shit on Cashman a lot, but that was huge. The whole story about Carpenter retooling his swing, trying to find it, is awesome. And it's literally a tailor-made swing for Yankee Stadium. He is just... And he's an alpha. He's straight-up alpha energy. He's this 36-year-old left-handed veteran who has you know this stupid mustache and wears no batting gloves and just hits nothing but dingers. He goes up there and he just mashes. His numbers are hilarious. He's hilarious. And mark my words, I've been saying it all year. He will, Matt Carpenter will, hit a huge home run sometime during the postseason. That's going to happen. Keep him away from the outfield. I prefer to not have him play outfield. <laughs> it's pretty bad. But an A+, plus, he has been raking. Matthew Mustache. So let's head to break, get back, and we'll talk about the pitching. And then we'll grade the Yankees as a unit. Stay with us. Episode 392 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Alright, so if you guys want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. That's Facebook, RJ Carbone. And on Instagram, I'm at Rob J Carbone. So BD4 is on so many different platforms now. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcasts, and plenty other listening platforms. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube and Spotify. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review as we are currently a five-star podcast and would love to keep it that way. And if you watch the podcast on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the BD4 YouTube channel. Download, listen, watch, share it, do all of that stuff to help us grow. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 392 of BD4. Guys, if you are new here to the podcast, be sure to subscribe, download all these all these episodes wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow me on social media, Facebook, RJ Carbone, Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. And be sure to follow along and subscribe to the new blog that I have. If you just go to bd4blog.com, that is bd4blog.com, you can subscribe to the BD4 blog. Same thing over there, just in writing. Let's talk about the Yankees and grade the Yankees now. Because we went through the roster, individuals. Let's grade the Yankees. Uh, actually, let's first let's finish off their uh, pitching. We'll go to the starting pitching first. I gave the starting pitching a B+. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they've... You know, the rotation almost looked perfect. It really did. It looked pretty perfect for the first three months. I mean, every starting pitcher, one to five, had an ERA south of 3.00 at one point. I mean, it, it was sometime during June, and it was stupid how sensational that looked. It was awesome to see. But since then, really... It's sort of been a ride of ups and downs. I mean, you got Garrett Cole, who's good, but not great. He's pitched more like a number two, number three, arguably, than an ace. Nestor Cortez has been pretty consistent. I, I, I've, I'm fine. I think he's back now. He looks like he's good to go. There is some market correction there, but I'm, I'm fine with Cortez at the moment. Luis Severino. Looked pretty solid, but he's out for a bit with injury. And there's some encouraging news, but right now he's out. And, and you know, he's got the innings workload. Um, hopefully this was a blessing in disguise there. Jamison Tyone has become a batting practice pitcher. He should have threw Derby the other week. I don't want him touching the ball. I don't want him throwing a single pitch. Starting, relieving, in the playoffs. Tyone. And Jordan Montgomery, I know he looked super consistent for a while. He's hit a hell of a rough patch lately, giving up leads, ties, consistently giving up runs. Losing energy every time he takes the him out. And he's bitching. He's got bad body language. He's coming out the other day after giving up five runs in two innings, and he's asking Boone why? Are you shitting me? He's hit a rough patch. So I think it's obvious that some of these guys are starting to regress a little back to their career norms. That's normal. But again, a lot of them are also approaching uncharted territory with their innings workload. You know? Starting pitching has thrown 567 innings. They have a 337 ERA, which I think is third in baseball. But they were so hot for so long. Eventually, they were going to cool off, and they have. They're a B plus. So I, I think it's it's needed to be addressed. I think it's paramount 
that the Yankees go after starters, and we'll talk about that in a second. Starters, plural, before Tuesday's over. So B-plus for the starting pitching, and we go to the relief pitching, it's more of the same. I gave them a B-plus, and literally the same thing with the bullpen. Guys were so lights out for so long, but now they're starting to get hurt. Others are regressing. Araldis Chapman is dumpster juice, although he has pitched better lately against cellar dwellers. Clay Holmes has had an exceptional season, but he too has come down to earth, I feel like, ever since that Fenway series. Mike King, he was their guy, but now he's done for at least this year. Lucas Lickie, eh, no thanks. Uh, he's okay, but he you know he doesn't pitch high leverage. Wandy Peralta was so good in high leverage for a while, but lately he's become Araldis Chapman, melting down every night. Today, couldn't throw a strike, could not find the zone. Miguel Castro was on the disabled list. Not that I ever loved him. Johnny Lasagna, back from the DL. He's not been good most of the season. He's been up and down since coming back. Um, but to me, he's kind of their X factor in the bullpen. They need him to, you know, be even 60-70% of what he was last year. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I like some guys. I like Marinaccio. I like Abreu. I, you know, I like a lot of guys. I don't love anyone. You know, I feel like earlier in the season, I loved a lot more guys than I am now. And I don't think that's a great sign. So, <clears throat> as we say, they need some starters. They definitely need some relievers, too. So, I, you know, they were so good for so long, it's hard to give them a bad grade. But, um, yeah, they, they've went down each and every month, it feels like. Um, or just, just this past month, they've um, regressed to a B plus. And now the Yankees is a team. A minus. Uh, the New York Yankees are 69 and 34. That's a 670 percentage. First place by 11 and a half games over Toronto. A plus 207 run differential. Um, and, you know, they, they currently are on a losing streak of one games. 103 games into the season. Um, yeah, I mean, the season started out so perfectly. The Yankees were mowing everybody down. They had either a blowout victory or a walk-off uh, hit every single night. They were taking down good teams. They were taking down bad teams, average teams. And they went on these win streaks of five games, six games or more constantly. They were on pace for a ridiculous, absurd 120 wins. We're being compared to the 98 Yankees by every media member, every fan. Boone was even working his way off my own shit list. I was starting to buy in a little bit on Boone. He was starting to play guys regularly, putting out somewhat consistent lineups. Emphasis on somewhat. Um, but I was so close, so close to calling this team special. Like everybody else was doing already. But that first series against the Astros came and I feel like ever since then, it's been very up and down. I just, I don't have that same feeling that I did with this Yankees team that I did a month ago. Like, it's just, I feel like it's just been up, down, up, to very average for the Yankees for about a month and change. Their holes have become pretty evident. They started the season so well. The pitching was lights out. The hitting was doing everything. Their base running was very good. A big improvement on the bases to start the year at least. But lately it seems like it's coming down to earth. Hopefully, you know, they've made one trade so far, but hopefully replacing Gallo's 150 with Benintendi's 300 can help get closer to that goal offensively of making more contact and stuff. Right? But, I mean, I'm looking at the, the series, the games we played against the Astros. I'm looking at the games that the Yankees have played against the Mets. And they've struggled in both of them. They're 2-7 and seven against both of them this season. So they beat good teams. But the best of the best, the, the, like the top of the crop teams, the high-pressure series, 
gets to them. It's a little discouraging to me. So to me, none of these games against the Royals, none of these games against the Reds, against any cellar dweller, mediocre, or even decent team is going to really change my opinion on this team. What's going to alter my opinion on them is what Brian Cashman does on Tuesday. That's it. That's simply it. If he goes out there on Tuesday and he continues to hug his prospects and he gives us some bullshit about Severino's coming back and and Zach Britton's going to be their big deadline acquisition, I'm out. I'm out on the Yankees. I don't see it working. But if he clutches up, grows a pair of balls, and he says, hey, what we've been doing the last decade plus has not exactly been working. The half-in, half-out shit hasn't really been working. And he goes all in, and he puts every chip on the table, and I mean every blue chip prospect you have on the table, and he risks it all for a chance to become closer to winning a title, then I'm buying in. If I see him go hard after Montas, and we get him, and then he goes after Rodon, we get him, and then he goes and gets a couple relievers, all right, great, we're in good shape. But what are the odds that happens? I mean, I'm not feeling too confident. But I will give him credit because I, I didn't expect Benintendi and he went and got him for, for chumps. He gave away three prospects who nobody has ever heard of for Andrew Benintendi. So, you know, maybe I should be a little more optimistic. But hopefully, hopefully, Benintendi, one starter and one reliever is not just what we're going to do. Like, we need more pitching. We need a lot more. We can't just do one reliever, one starter. We can't just get Quintana and then some random reliever you haven't heard of and say we're good. Get top pitchers. Get the guys. On. You already got. He already got bitched by Seattle. Seattle. Seattle already took our top guy off the list. They took uh, Castillo. He's gone. That's it. That dream's over. The next best is Montes. The next one after that is Rodon. Got to get both of them, in my opinion. At least one. But you should get both. Because I'm not confident in two of the Yankee starters right now. And the other one that I'm confident in is Hurt. Severino, Cole, Cortez, I'm good with. But Sevy's hurt. And then you need some relievers. So I don't know, man. We got to do some stuff. We've got to get it done. <coughs> Excuse me. But I do love the Benintendi deal. And we haven't talked about that much yet. I think Andrew Benintendi is going to be so good for this lineup. To replace Joey Gallo, who was going out there every day and striking out three times a night and going 0 for 4, occasionally gets hot and goes 1 for 5. That was horrible. But we're replacing that with the anti-Gallo and Benintendi, who is not going to hit for a ton of power, but he makes contact. He's your 300 hitter, right? He's going to hit 300 for you. Hopefully. Um, he makes contact. He hits in the clutch. He's a very good hitter with runners in scoring position. He's batting just below 300. For his career, he's in the 320s. He can rake in those moments. He's got playoff experience. He's won a World Series. He's got speed. He's got a good glove in left field. He doesn't have the strongest arm because he's about four six and a half. But he's exactly what this lineup needs. More guys like DJ, I've been saying. More guys like IKF. We got one. We got Benintendi. Doesn't have home runs. Doesn't have home runs. That's literally the reason we've been losing. It's because all you people want to focus on is guys who hit home runs and hit 250 and below. No, we need guys who start to make contact. That's why we've been losing in October. Because we don't have enough of that. You need a balance. I'm not some boomer who's going to say, all you need is contact guys. No, you need a balance. You need power. You need contact. You need guys who can do both. Benintendi is perfect for this lineup. He's left-handed. He puts the bat on the ball. He's a perfect two-hitter. You can lead him off on days where LeMayu sits. You can even bat him in the bottom third of the lineup if you want. Boone has been switching him around ever since he got here. Um, he hasn't been hitting. He's been walking a bunch because teams know that Donaldson's right behind him. And so all they had to do is just go to him. But I think you put Benintendi too. That's awesome. DJ, pure hitter. Benintendi, pure hitter. Just like that. Judge at three. Got two men on base in the first inning for him. 
So, love that move, but, I mean, that's that can't be it. The Juan Soto pipe dream, I think, is over. I don't think the Yankees are doing that. I would love for them to do that. I would trade every damn prospect in the system. Okay? But I don't think it's happening. I want to win a World Series. I'm not hugging one single guy. So, win me a World Series. But um, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I give the Yankees an A-. minus, um, And that's it. I'll see you this week. We're going to have another episode out sometime probably during this Seattle series in the midst of it, but we won't be talking about the series. Um, that will be out after the series, like our normal episodes. But a bonus episode early this week talking about the trade deadline with a guest should be coming up Monday or Tuesday. So I'll let you know. But as for this episode, episode 392, I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and that is it for BD4. Please check out the BD4 blog. Go to bd4blog.com. Check out my new website there. Guys, thanks so much. Let's wrap it up with our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. All right. So, for episode 392, <laughs> our NYYNYK MMA question of the day is, it's going to be a true or false question. True or false, Derek Jeter is the only first round draft pick from the Yankees to make the Hall of Fame. True or false, Derek Jeter is the only first round draft pick from the Yankees to make the Hall of Fame. Getting time to ask this question with the Captain documentary currently airing. I gotta catch up. I'm only like one and a half episodes in. Gotta start the second one over and, and, and uh, catch up too. Heard it gets better every every episode. I heard it's very good. So, yeah, that's that's our NYYMYK MMA question of the day for up 392. True or false? Derek Jeter is the only first round draft pick from the Yankees to make the Hall of Fame. Guys, thanks so much. I'm your host, RJ. Episode 392 of BD4 is in the books. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and I will see you early this week. All right, guys. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.